welcome to Trek Companion. This is episode 308. I'm your host, Brian Williams. I'm Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry. And today we're going to start discussing Star Trek Picard with the first two episodes of season one, Remembrance and Maps and Legends. Star Trek Picard, created by Akiva Goldsman, Michael Chabon, Kirsten Beyer, and Alex Kurtzman, starring Patrick Stewart as Jean-Luc Picard, Alison Pill as Agnes Girardi, Issa Briones as Daj and Soji Asha, Harry Treadaway as Neric, Michelle Hurd as Rafi Musiker, Santiago Cabrera as Cristobal Rios, Evan Evangora as Elnor, and Jerry Ryan as Seven of Nine. Remembrance, Season 1, Episode 1, original release date, January 23, 2020. Directed by Hanel M. Culpepper, teleplay by Akiva Goldsman and James Duff, story by Akiva Goldsman, Michael Shabon, Kirsten Beyer, Alex Kurtzman, and James Duff. Guest cast include Brent Spiner as Data, Orla Brady as Laris, David Carzell as Colaire, Marin Dungey as Richter, Jamie McShane as Jabin, Sumali Montano as Mom AI, Maya Achette as Index, and Douglas Tate as Tellarite FNN Assistant. In an interview, retired Starfleet Admiral Jean-Luc Picard reveals that he resigned in protest after Starfleet abandoned plans to rescue Romulan citizens from a supernova when rogue synthetics attacked the rescue fleet. Starfleet banned the creation of synthetics after the attack. Meanwhile, Romulan assassins attack a young woman named Daja and kill her partner. This triggers something in Daja, and she is able to kill the assassins. Experiencing visions of Picard and seeing his interview, Daja seeks him out. You have a tell. That is impossible, sir. Every now and then, you dilate your left pupil. Ostentatiously, I might add, in an effort to cheat me into thinking that you have a tell, but your true tell is you don't have one. When your eyes are neutral, that's when I know you're bluffing. Hmm. Now that you've told me that, Captain, I am confused about which deception to employ. (laughs) Fifty. Fifty? That's everything I have. I can see that, Captain. Do you wish to call or fold? Let's behave like civilized men. All right. Star Trek Picard. First of all, listeners, if I sound a little funny, both the timbre of my voice, but also if I make silly statements, it's because I have a a cold right now and I'm a little um, the worst for wear in my brain. Uh, So sorry about that, but we're going to carry on. Okay. He's drunk on NyQuil. Yeah, that's it. First, I want to say I did. Uh, so we all watched this. We've all, we've all seen this show already, right? So we watched Correct. it. Yeah. I know Steve and I watched it weekly as it aired. Adam, you may have binged it after the first season was complete, if I recall correctly. I did. All right. But we have all seen it before. In the last week before watching these episodes, I, I read the Una McCormick prequel novel. I can't remember the name of it. <laughs> But it's pretty clear. Uh, if you're unfamiliar, it is the story of how, you know, everything that sets up this episode that takes place, whatever, you know, 14 to 10 years earlier. It's Picard, how he leaves the Enterprise and takes over this mission of of uh, saving the Romulans and how it all ends and all that and how he leaves Starfleet. And it's a good book because she's a good writer, and it certainly helps make this show make a little sense. Sense. I wish that book had been out before the show. I don't think it was. I think it came out after the show came out. Maybe I'm remembering wrong. But at any rate, I didn't read it, um, and I certainly don't think you should have to read a book to be able to follow the story of a show, but we're going to get into that later. So I know that we were all just crazy, crazy excited when they announced that Stuart was coming back to play Picard. There's probably, I mean, there's there's probably nothing that they could have said that could have made us any more excited than that. I agree. I agree with you. Definitely. But make no mistake, this show is from the people who gave us Discovery. This show looks and feels and sounds like that. It has that kind of modern drama and characters and serialism. I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm just pointing out that this is not like a next-gen follow-up. You know, At no time does it ever feel like that. And it's not called Next Gen 2, it's called Picard, so, you know, fine. But here we are with Remembrance, 
this premiered right before the pandemic started and then ended around the, the season one. Season one ended after the pandemic had started, if I recall correctly, kind of over. Yep. Yeah, because I have memories of that. <laughs> uh, Steve, as the resident next-gen nut between the three of us, I know we all love it, but you're the next-gen nut. <laughs> what are your first thoughts? Yeah, I was very excited when it was announced. It was, like you said, it's they couldn't have said anything that would have been a bigger deal. What's interesting here, watching it again, you know, because I don't think I've watched it between the first time and this time, you know, and it has been now uh, a bit of time has passed, you know, two and a half years and so forth. So um, I'll be interested to see how this progresses. I, I know I liked this first episode better this time than the first time. I, I don't really know... Um, what I expected exactly really, right? You know, you know, it's not next gen two, you know, it's not just, they're going to do something different. You know, he's quite a bit older. Some of my initial thoughts were, you know, doing the math and, and they maybe cheated one or two years, but on the whole, you just are struck at like how long it's been, you know, I mean, it's, I guess I hadn't really pondered how long it had been since next gen had been on TV when this show started and then when they start throwing around time spans of okay this is long ago this event happened that he left starfleet and so the, already at that point it had been like how many years since the last time we saw him in, in, in the you know nemesis and then so on and so forth so it's just so much time and everybody's so much older and all this kind of thing and it's it is a very different different show um it's interesting i it, I, I do think it's the right choice to not try to just say, okay, he's a old captain on a ship or an old admiral on a ship and flying around. You know, I mean, I think it was good to explore something different. And um, I, I, you know, where you were alluding to with reading the book ahead of time and seeing the story, maybe part of the reason that uh, it gelled more with me, the, the, this episode at least, the first two episodes than the first time, was the clarity of knowing where it's going. You know, because if you're trying to figure out what the story is and it's like a big mystery and it's and that's all you're worried about it takes away some of the entertainment value you know you you have trouble for me at least if i'm i have trouble just enjoying the pace of things if i'm just always figuring out something you know that's kind of the downfall of a mystery if it's too elusive or or whatever you want to say um it definitely is a product of its time with where we are now with these serialized events. It's like you said, it's the same kind of thing like discovery is, but you know, it's uh, initially on a first episode, I wouldn't say it's awful. It's certainly not fantastic by any means, but um, you know, we have a lot going on. It makes you wonder where they're headed. It's um, both depressing how long it's been and um, you know, bracing in some since um but a lot of it was the nostalgia too i mean they 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 started i think the right way you know you know you see the enterprise d they have this flashback or this thought of data and on the ship and all that stuff too i mean you've got to acknowledge where they came from right yeah i don't i don't really know what to say initially i know we're probably going to come back around to some of these other themes and so forth but i think those were my just initial thoughts on this first episode adam yeah i mean i I mean i I think we can kind of start going into the episode i would pretty much agree with most of what what steve was saying um i i was also very excited about seeing ricard you know uh, nemesis was you know it's almost 20 years ago roughly right next month next month so i mean this came out what three years ago so i mean that's 17 years it's it's a long time in between um interestingly enough you know we've all gotten a chance to see you know patrick stewart play a lot of different roles over that 17 years you know obviously a lot of professor x and different things like that so it wasn't like oh my god this is patrick stewart again we've luckily gotten to see him work um he's been a very successful actor so that it was still nice to see him come back into this role um and it is and it's almost you know they we know ricard and that's it going into this show i mean obviously we see data in the early scene but from there on out it's basically it's a whole new environment except for, you know, the wine vineyard where we became familiar with in next generation. So you're being dropped basically into this whole new world and you're having to play catch up. So I, I, I kind of agree with Steve. The first, I, I was a little more relaxed, I think is a good word for me to say, watching it the second time around, because I'm not trying to figure out what are they trying to do here? And like you said, it is serialized. It's episode to episode. It's very modern. So in a lot of ways, the first run through, 
you weren't, I don't think I was able really to kind of enjoy it as much because I was spending so much time like, what, what's going on with this? What's going on with that? Because it is so very different and it's unfamiliar. And I think that's a good thing. Getting into this episode, Picard has this interview. We get little bits and pieces of, I mean, we get what happened, but not really the full experience because you got that from the book that you were mentioning. Um, it's an older Picard. Has this interview. He's obviously agitated. He's dealing with a, an a-hole reporter who's just going rogue on him. And that's what sets this whole thing off. So as a viewer and as a fan of um, Next Generation, you're kind of lost um, early on. And I'm obviously thinking that's intentional while you're, you're having to, to watch this as a whole new thing. So my, my first thoughts about watching it this time around again going back it's it was i was relaxed and i was kind of able to take it in and enjoy it enjoy the scene with data a little bit more enjoy the vineyard and <laughs> and the, the angry picard and the the nostalgic scenes when he's going to his um you know archive center and those things so um yeah i i enjoyed it more the second time around yeah so i i agree with that i felt exactly the same way but I don't think it's a good thing, and I don't think it's okay. I don't think it's okay. Like, I agree that we're just dropped in, and the only character that we know is Picard. Because the way they treat the other characters, it, it's as if we should know them. It feels like they're assuming we read the book. <laughs> you know, Or even worse, it's like there are whole scenes in this episode that don't make any sense to me until I've already watched the whole season, and I'm watching the show for a second time. I, don't, I, think, that's, I think that's a bad – I think that's bad writing. I'm just going to say that. I don't, I don't think that's good writing. You know, that they, they should find a better way to introduce us to these situations so that you shouldn't have to, so that you can enjoy it the first time you see it and not only the second time, <laughs> so that you can follow the story without having had to read the book because there's no introduction to any characters. It's just assuming, like, the book had introductions to most of these characters, <laughs> but not in the show. I don't know. It's just... um. I think the show is asking too much at the same time that it has this very convoluted like mystery plot thing in each one of these episodes. And my brain is just the first time you see it without any other context, my brain can't follow all that stuff. I like have to pick one or the other and my default where my instinct goes is character. So I basically didn't understand most of the plot about the the rogue Tal Shiar, whatever they're called, and what they're doing. And I mean, I didn't I didn't really understand most of that, I feel like, the first time I saw it. Now I feel like I got it. And I was able to enjoy this episode more, a lot more than the first time. They reveal it very quickly, what's going on. <laughs> it's not that part of it, the Tal Shiar, what's going on. I mean, they come, we'll get into that in the next episode. But uh, yeah, I watch I'm like, oh, they reveal this pretty quick. But anyway, go ahead, Brian. Yeah, I'll talk. There's some more of that nitty gritty that I'll talk about in the next one. But... The second time you watch this show, you do know these characters, and you can be introduced in media stress, and, and it's not a problem. But, you know, there are whole scenes that the first time you see it, I, I don't have an emotional reaction when um, Dodge is killed. I've never met this woman before 10 minutes before earlier, you know? I, I don't, I'm not feeling anything for her, and I don't understand how Picard does, really. There's supposed to be some distant connection with Data, but... He's immediately, and I'm probably confusing the episodes. No, 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 it's this one. It's this one. That scene when he's, after he goes to look at the, um, the painting, the the painting and yeah. then he's meeting with her outside and telling her that she's an android. The way that he's speaking to her, it's like it's like a grandfather talking to, I mean, he, that's real love. And I'm like, I don't understand where all this is coming from. I mean, hell, I don't even understand how some strange woman shows up at his house and he doesn't react very, very, very differently. <laughs> Again, now I know who these characters are. That's different. But the first time you're seeing it, I'm like, I, that doesn't seem like a logical, natural reaction. It's not organic. It's not organic. I disagree a little bit. I see where you're coming from, Brian. And I don't think they did enough to, to hone in to Picard's emotional attachment to Data. They could have done more of that. I mean, they, they tried, obviously. They had the opening scene with him and Data and 10 forward. I believe there's a, a bit of a the monologue. In, yeah, there's yeah, there's a bit of a monologue in there where you know, he, where Picard is like he sacrificed himself to me. So there's obviously, to me at least, it's obvious that there, the attachment to her is data, 
and that and that's what he's feeling there it doesn't become obvious and that's that's kind of what this whole season is about is you know and we'll get to that down the road not to give anything away for anybody who hasn't seen that there but um i do agree that they could have done more with that and that there's not like what you said earlier there's not any real setup to this you're just thrown into it and you know you know you, there's this random girl that you know is killed and you're for star trek especially for people who were who are enormous fans of the next generation i think it was just too much too fast too early um what they tried to do i think that's a good way of putting it and so often in these in these shows well we certainly talked about it for discovery is you ended up with like like they almost had like too much time at the end of the season you know they're like filler and they're like stuffing a bunch of nonsense and stretching it out too and i think it's just a bad pacing i want i have to wonder if this kind of problem is is a is a downfall not a downfall of the of the of the serialized storytelling but a potential pitfall in writing that you you know essentially you've got to know the narrative of the whole season you know and sometimes even more than a season going in just from the way they do things right so I don't know if the writers sometimes get so comfortable with all the characters and where it'll end up that they like write it early on, like like we're all in on it, you know, care about them, you know, or something. I don't. That's know. one of the thoughts I had is like a good writer should be able to step back and be objective and think, what is somebody who's never watched this show? They start playing this first episode. How are they going to see this? You know, and it doesn't feel like that. It feels like they're writing this episode and they already know all the characters, the backstory. Hell. That the book that Una McCormick wrote, the story of it was dictated to her, I think. Dictated is not the right word. But, you know, she was she got a lot of input from the producers of the show. They knew all of that backstory, and they didn't give it to us at all. I mean, at all. And it makes it, you know, it makes it a tough watch the first time. If somebody asks you, what show, Star Trek show, should I start with? If I've never seen Star Trek... This is probably the last one I would point. I'm, I'm trying to think. Is there anything I would say above this? No, I don't think so. I think this would literally be the last one I would say to watch. <laughs> right, because they're relying on at least the connection you have with Picard. Patrick Souter's Picard to even buy into it. Like if you, so, if you didn't have that, you're totally lost. I mean, like there's the there's the big fighty fight scene. I remember the the way I felt the first time I saw the physical fight scene, the scene where Dodge gets killed and she's fighting all those Romulans. And it's just a bunch of, you know, stunt guys wearing all black hood thing masks so they can reuse the same stunt guy. And, you know, and yeah, the fighting is faster paced, but I felt a lot more watching Star Trek, the original series and Kirk slow motion move out of the way of a Gorn's fist swinging because I felt something for Kirk. And I don't know who this girl is, and I don't care. And I don't care that she's doing really amazing martial arty looking moves that we haven't seen. Other, I don't care. I just don't care. And I just want that scene to be over. And I felt that way the first time I saw it. I'm like, that is not good, you know. And I felt pretty much, even though overall I felt I enjoy, I was able to enjoy, like you guys, I was able to enjoy this episode a lot more now that I've seen the entire show and that I've read that book. I still, there were moments like that, that fight scene where I just like, I just wanted to fast forward through it. And that's silly. This episode, I mean, it doesn't change. I mean, uh, this is the way I felt about the first season and the second season. Without giving anything away, I felt it was a mishmash of story ideas and some crazy stuff. And it was like a meandering road to get to the end of the series to 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 do what they were really looking to do. And I do remember being satisfied with how they ended both seasons. I didn't like how they got to that point, but I was satisfied with how they, how they concluded each, each of the stories because it's serial and there's going to be an end to, there's a specific end to each of these seasons that we're going to go through. We'll see how season three ends up, but I do remember being satisfied at the end of both seasons. So it'll be interesting to see if I still feel the same way. Yeah. Even all the, uh, the Maddox and Girardi stuff, you know, Maddox is barely in this show, but he's certainly figured in very prominently story-wise. But like the scene where Gerardi is talking about how the twin androids could have been made and stuff. I feel like the first time I was just oblivious to every line. It was just it was just a layer too deep. But, you know, that kind of scene, I can watch it now and it makes, it makes a lot more sense. It makes complete sense. Everything she's saying now makes sense. It didn't the first time. What I had in my notes is like she gave away they're, they're made in pairs. I'm like, well, now that you've seen, now that we've, seen, you know, the reason she knows that is because, you know, we'll get into that. But yeah, I mean, she's obviously involved. Yeah, and 
Picard didn't pick that up. And like, well, I, it's like, like I said, the second time I'm watching this, I picked that up. I'm like, well, how would she know that they're made in pairs? <laughs> but obviously she was involved in this. In any case, like you point out, the you know when when character to me like when characters are feeling something visibly, like we see the physical reaction of feeling that we do not reflect on, don't reflect on ourselves. If we can't, if we're like, oh, she's feeling that and it's sad, and we're just like neutral on it, you got a problem. That's a problem. That's kind of like what we're seeing here in general because we they just didn't catch us up. They didn't invest in the characters i mean there's that's essentially the problem i mean i'm not saying this is awful i mean we're going on we're you know yeah blowing it out but a lot of i i do feel it's got a lot of nostalgia value and that means it's not valuable to someone who doesn't have the history i mean when i watch it a lot of what i feel is oh that reference that reference that reference are connecting dots all that stuff too that's fun the star trek people love that kind of thing usually you know but yeah you're right there's a lot of problems with this because we just can't aren't are not invested in these characters this early i i did really enjoy kind of the the very very deep kind of references the kind of references that in the other shows it sometimes felt like they didn't want to make i don't know if they were worried about having to pay residuals or something like the kind of here's an idea like remember how on voyager that at one point tom was supposed to be the character that he played on the Starfleet Academy episode. Oh yes, yes. Of Next Gen, and they just didn't want to have to pay that writer rights or something, so they just changed his name. It feels like here in those kind of situations, they did it. I don't know if they had to pay people or not, but they were referencing, you know, Bruce Maddox. They didn't change his name. <laughs> He's the same dude that we saw in. Um, well, we saw only saw him in in one episode, but the maybe, maybe that's why he's barely in the, ser- in the series. But even in Data's day, the wedding thing, you know, he's writing his letter. We know that he's been corresponding with him and stuff. Anyway, I'm just saying that here they do make those kinds of choices, but it's oddly like, I don't know. It's like in lower decks when they do it, it's fun, and if you get it, great, and if you don't, you're fine. Here, I feel like if you get it, great, and if you don't, you are lost. No, you're not watching. You're not continuing the show. <laughs> kind of know Bruce Maddox's history with Data. If that name doesn't pop in your mind, even if you've seen those episodes, well, you don't. You don't. You don't even really. Know, if you've never seen any Star Trek before, you don't even really know who Data is. To be honest, <laughs> going into this, I mean, you yeah. know, you see him yeah. early on, and you know, he's in these dreams, but he's just Data's just referenced in this episode. He's not really. Yeah, you wouldn't know who, who that character is. Something we'll be talking about later in this season. I remember thinking how much I enjoyed how this show kind of sort of retroactively improved and gave weight to Nemesis, one of the weaker Star Trek films. But the show sort of like helped it. And even when I've rewatched Nemesis that summer that we watched, it was at 2020. It was almost like a little bit better of a movie because of this show. you know. And that stuff is mostly going to be later, although... This episode has the before bit, but yeah, I, I don't want to just sit here and crap on it. Like I, I mean, I think it's a solid. You know, is, is like, is it a good show? I don't know. Is it a good Star Trek show? Well, that's a different question that I would probably be more hard pressed to say yes to. But it is Jean Luc on an adventure, so that's yeah, still it good. literally opens with Patrick Stewart playing Jean Luc Picard and Brent Spiner playing Data, and I mean, yes, give me that, yes. I just wish I liked the show a little better from the outset. I wish I didn't feel as lost, and I wish I didn't feel like I had to have watched the whole thing once and, read a book. and then come back and read a book and then watch it a second time so that I can follow the story. So you can enjoy it? That'd be an interesting uh, way to advertise the show. <laughs> You'll enjoy this after reading this book and watching it twice. Fine <laughs> You'll enjoy this Fine the second time. All right, well, so the production value is good. Awesome. And this one, I, awesome. The, my one complaint is the title sequence is too long i think it's over a minute oh well, that's the beauty of uh being able to fast forward through it right yeah. i do we should say jeff jeff russo's music uh is great uh, i think his music is always really good i think they shortened the sequence in the second season i don't because i was like damn i don't remember this taking this long oh yeah it did it did take this long to get through this all right we are going way over time because we haven't even gotten the second episode and i said i was gonna try and talk less and i knew i was bullcrapping when i said it okay uh so you know overall I, I think we've made our opinions very clear but i don't mean to bash on it as much as it probably sounded like we did there are plenty of enjoyable good things in it and i really did yeah i think that i think it was adam you were saying that like i was a lot more relaxed and able to just take it in and enjoy it this time 
I'm just not sure that's how you should make a show. But anyway, what is this episode about? There's a facing the past, <laughs> and it's kind of weird because, you know, last time we saw, you know, there we don't know any of the in between. We don't know this whole story, but obviously that's what they're they're trying to to look at the the mistakes of the past that are still haunting the present, um, or, or things of the past that are still haunting the present. Um, and that's in a couple cases with with Jean Luc. Um, he's still haunted by the, the sacrifice that data made for him and maybe not maybe not haunted haunted maybe is not the right word but it still it still affects him um to this day the grief i think he does say somewhere in, the, in this you know you know two decades of grief um so it's clearly affecting him and then obviously the the events on mars um um the romulans you know we get a little you know that's we didn't mention that uh, obviously the the destruction of, of Romulus is where the Kelvin universe came to be. So that's, it was, that was a nice little reference, but I think that's what they were trying to say in this specific episode. And I think Steve and I are going to have a hard time because this is a serialistic series. So some episodes might just be kind of like taking us from one step to the other, but I think that's what they were mainly trying to, to, you know, how the past affects the present. Picard has a line in this episode that is supposed to be, you know, we're kicking off the story. This is his call to action. You know, this thing that happened with Dodge. He has a line. I haven't been living. I've been waiting to die. I hear that line and I'm like, that, I'm, that looks really good on paper. That's, we're starting our story right there. But I, I just don't feel like he earned that line when he said it. I'm like, that line was written before they wrote the rest of the episode or something, you know? But I think, you know, that's the idea. I'm just, I didn't, I wasn't feeling it. Uh, Steve? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree that that's where they w- are trying to go. Because the, the, if we if we center on our main title character and what he's doing, it's essentially he's languishing for decades, practically. And now there's a purpose to live. And I think it would have been better if they would have tried to focus on that core uh, and not um, explain, like, three or four episodes and characters worth of stuff in one episode to, in, to start this off with. But that is the thing. He's just hanging out doing what he does and he's not really into it. Now he's got it. He's maybe has a reason to live now. And maybe that's what they're going for. Yeah. You know, you saying that Steve just made me think, um, I don't know how anybody has seen Obi-Wan out there, but the, the one thing that I did enjoy about Obi-Wan is like, you know, Obi-Wan was this broken man. And I think if they would have taken that approach with Picard, this broken man, because literally that's that would have been a better place to start it is like this man who's dejected from starfleet who's rejected their their decisions and their values and he's he's on this farm and maybe it just seems like he's really enjoying life and that's the contradiction there because you know this opens up obviously he's having these dreams but you know he has these people he loves there it's his vineyard so he kind of seems ha- so that's a he kind of seems happy he doesn't seem broken but by the end of this episode the line that you bring up i've just been here waiting to die so it like I, just sorry just on me yeah it, it isn't earned because it's not the the texture of the or the what's the word the rhythm of the episode isn't right to me All right, let's do six degrees for remembrance. Steve? Yep. Isa Brion, Briones plays Daj Asha. She also played Soji Asha. First scene in what episode of Picard? <laughs> what? Okay, hold on. Um, say that again. I don't know where you're going with it. Sure. I'm sorry. No. Isa Briones plays Daj Asha. She also played Soji Asha. First scene in what episode of Picard? Are you asking Star for Trek what scene? This one, right? Or no, is it the same episode? I'm asking for the name of the episode. Remembrance. Yes, that's correct. Okay, okay. <laughs> All right. Make sure it wasn't a trick or something. All right. <laughs> yeah, it kind, of, it kind of sounded like you were asking for which scene she was in. First, no, scene. S-E-E-N scene, not S-E-E-N-E scene. Gotcha, right. gotcha. Okay. So Steve, got a, Steve got a point for that very difficult question. <laughs> Maps and Legends, Season 1, Episode 2, original release date, January 30th, 2020, directed by Hanel M. Culpepper, written by Michael Chabon and Akiba Goldsman. Guest cast include David Pamer as Moritz Benayoun, Jamie McShane as Zabin, Tamlin Tomita as O, Orla Brady as Laris, David Carzell as Colaire, Wendy Davis as Caboth, Chelsea Harris as Nishala Kunamastapi, Peyton List as Rizzo, and Magnuson as Kirsten Clancy, and Marty Matulis as Romulan Checkpoint Supervisor. Oh.
Lars believes the assassins may be members of the Zat Vash, a secret organization with a deep-rooted hatred of synthetics. She helps Picard discover Sochi's location from Dodge's computer when they investigate her apartment. Picard asks Starfleet Admiral Kristen Clacy for a ship and a crew to find Sochi. She refuses him and refers the incident to Starfleet security Commodore Hope. What do you think it is? I'd need to run more tests. It could be one of a number of related syndromes. Prognosis? Come on, let's have it, Dr. Benayoun. A few are treatable, but they all end the same way. Some sooner than others. I mean, you know, a lot of my comments here for me are going to be the same kind of things. Like the introduction scene to Rafi, who's a character that I like a lot. But the first time you see this, you that doesn't mean anything. Watching it a second time, it means something. And having read the book and see that entire history of their, their history together, which is one of the most prominent things in the book. Yeah, there's 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 a way to that relationship. But the first time you see this, it's not there. They're playing it, and it's not. It's not. Yeah, it's easy for me to say. How do you fix that? I I don't know. Maybe a maybe a flashback scene or something that sets up that time that she was his EXO during all those Romulan missions or something. I don't know. Or you know, just a card on screen that says, "Please pause while you go read the book." That would also work. But it would make the episode really long. Adam, your first thoughts on Maps and Legends. Maps and Legends. So, <laughs> watching this the second time, I kind of feel like not a lot a lot happened in this episode, but it kind of feels like not a lot happens. So, some of the plot points that we get from this episode. Obviously, Picard goes back to Starfleet. He's, at least in this particular Admiral, not in good graces with them. She's very significantly featured in that book, by the way. All throughout, she was his liaison during those times so um first time through it's kind of weird because it's like he's going yeah okay he gave an interview i mean it wasn't that bad i mean he kind of lectured but i mean that's it again we don't kind of understand the whole um trajectory of the past and this is a very forceful argument between the two of them i mean she pretty much dresses him down calls him you know a, a shell of a man and you know really kind of lays it on him and i just remember the first time i'm like okay it's i guess it's a interesting scene there's a lot of energy there but i mean you don't really quite understand where it's coming from based basically what we're getting from from her reaction to him is just based on the interview that he gave and the fact that he resigned from starfleet a couple decades ago so you would think you know by that time they'd be over it so you you got that plot point there Picard and Starfleet aren't aren't happy with each other. Um, the other plot points that we get in this, we you know we have the investigation with Lars and Picard. They go to this apartment. Um, we we kind of learn more in this episode that um, you know Lars has really deep feelings for Picard because she doesn't want him to Laris. Laris, sorry. Did I say Lars? Laris. She doesn't want him to go on this mission that he that he's going to be attempting to to find. Um, so, um, Sojay, is that right? I have to look at it. Well, anyway, the the other twin. So he's got to go find her. She's very deeply affected by this. So this is the first instance that that we get in this episode uh, in this series that she has deep feelings for him. But again, as an audience member, you're you're kind of just playing catch up. Um, and so that's kind of where that's where my thoughts were. You know, you, you know, obviously, you know, he gets the news about, you know, he's got a degenerative disease that's incurable, and you know, he's only got so much time. So he's got to 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 save this girl, this synthetic android that he, you know, he feels is the daughter of Data, um, and he has this passion to do it, and you know, he has these obstacles. Starfleet's not going to help him. He's, you know only got so much time to live and he refuses to talk to any you know of his old former crewmates he doesn't want he doesn't want to have the same thing happen to them that happened to data and you know then we then we go into what you were talking about brian you know the introduction of goodness i forgot her name um sorry i forgot her name rafa we get this introduction to rafa rafi but i mean you know her introduction wasn't very good. He's like, you know, I know who just to call. Okay, well, you don't want to, um, 
potentially sacrifice any of your other your other crewmates, but this person, you know, you could sacrifice. So going into it, it's like, well, what kind of relationship is this? Is this? I mean, obviously, as we go on, we learn more about it, but the introduction is kind of cold, I feel. So those are my first thoughts. Steve? I, I, I almost feel like they could have, like, mixed up some of the, you know, uh, mixed up some of the scenes and stuck some of these scenes in the first episode it would have been better and move some things around because I do think that this one it does feel like less is going on. I know that they're now having to deal with the uh, Borg cube and what's happening on there and the artifact, all this kind of rigmarole. Um, but, you know, like, for example, this, this little insight into him, essentially he's dying, you know, um, why that couldn't have been, maybe that should have been planted earlier, I don't know. And then again, we have the same kind of thing we talked about in the first episode where they are establishing these relationships that we have no context for and so we don't feel anything for. I mean, the, 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 the performances are great, of course, you know, and, and that's all, that's good. But without context, you can only kind of like, uh, from the outside, observe the emotion. You can't feel the emotion yourself. And it's really the same kind of thing with that scene with that Admiral at Starfleet headquarters, you know, I mean, we I, I, we get it, but it all seems overblown and extreme when I see that scene, you know, it's like, what, where does this come from? You know, I mean, it, it's just, it's like, they're just trying to force a reaction, force an emotional reaction. And that's what's, that's what I don't like. I mean, I'm not, nothing about the plot here again. It's not nearly, I mean, we still have the same theme here where it's, it's, we know now what happened. And so we can watch this again without trying to figure it out so that that holds you know just like we talked about in the first episode but otherwise it seems like over dramatic overly dramatic and lack of context uh for us to actually feel anything with the characters oh no the other plot point we get we find out that this secretive um romulan um (laughs) they're actually in star it's this um commodore who's who's perpetrating this kind of activity so i was mentioned that earlier it's like it seemed rather quick to make that reveal but anyway that's the choice they made yeah when they first start talking about oh you thought the tal shiar was was evil or in secretive or whatever no 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 they're they're child's TV shows. What you really talking about is the Shad Vaj. Oh, oh, okay, okay. I mean, it just kind of feels like, all right, fine. You know, okay. I mean, all, this is all made up. Star Trek isn't real, but sometimes, you know, it just feels like made up. The scenes that the the scene that bugged me in this one is that very first mystery scene when Laris and Picard are investigating Dodge's apartment. Right. Oh my God, that scene goes on for four years. And when it finally gets to the point, which is the computer might have mistaken Dodge for her twin. Mm-hmm. Oh God. Okay. Um, well, that's very underwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted it to end. I think the purpose of that scene was to make the Vosh seem more competent and scary. Like, oh, they, you know, they. They really scrub the room. Show and... what happened back in time by tools and crap. But another know. thing on this show is, seems like maybe Laris is going to be more important than she is. I mean, she's about to be not on the show anymore. <laughs> you know, practically, that is a very, very long scene at the very beginning of this episode, and it's a lot of boring, pointless exposition. That when you finally learn the get the reveal, it's it wasn't worth it, and I didn't need to do it at all. And we all and, and the audience already knows where she is. So I, I feel like you could have cut that scene and replaced it with a VO line. <laughs> when um Gerardi comes to Chateau Picard and explains how, you know, like my sense is that Dodge's entire history was built three years ago. And it's like the whole mystery is just too much. I don't know. Uh, maybe it was maybe it's my cold. Maybe it's my cold. But no, I, I remember feeling this way the first time I saw it. Now this time I understand all of it. Because I've watched the show, because I read the book. I understand everything they're talking about. But I definitely didn't the first time. And I didn't, and it wasn't like intriguing. It wasn't making me want to know. It was just, it was just boring. Well, you obviously did more than um, Stephen and I, Brian. So you must have wanted to know a little bit, just a tiny little bit. Well, I know that I like that writer. I've read one other Star Trek book by her. But, but no, I, I yes, that, that's a fair point, actually. I want to like this show. I want to like this show. Because I like Star Trek, and because I really like Patrick Stewart as Picard, I want to like this show. And we've got plenty of time to discuss it, but, but basically, I think this is 
I think this is the weakest of all the new Star Trek shows. And I wish it was the other way around. I don't have high hopes for season three because it's just the same people making it, but I would love to be wrong and for it to be great. And we'll find out soon enough. But again, I don't think this episode is terrible. It's probably a little less entertaining than the first episode. It's fun. Like, hey, have we seen a Commodore since the original series? I feel like we haven't. I don't recall, but it's rare. Yeah, I agree. This episode, it feels like it has a lot of space in it. And it seems like that space could have, you know, we were, you know, we were talking about in the previous episode that we, there's, you're dropped in. We don't know the relationships to these characters and we don't feel anything. And then that's kind of disappointing when you find all the space, you know, there's a, you know, like a five minute scene that just gets you to where the audience already knows that where she's at. You could have used that time to like, what's the relationship between, between her and Picard. They could have gone, they could have even gone into that a little bit during that scene with better dialogue. So. It's it's funny their choices. It's kind of like so in the scene that they we learn that he's he's has this ailment from this doctor, and so we can recognize the gravity of it by it being a doctor that he served with on the Stargazer because you're a Trek fan and you know about the Stargazer. Yet it's not like a character we know, and their relationship yeah. is that tight. It's like every time they do something, <laughs> they bring in characters that we're supposed to have some depth of feeling for, and how would we? Now, imagine that same scene, and I understand why they didn't do it. But imagine that same scene with with Crusher. Crusher. Yeah, yeah. That's the kind of reference to the show, the next next generation. That if you know all good things and the what was it called, aromatic aromatic syndrome, whatever it was, that thing that she said. Oh, you may, maybe you know that that enhances that scene and, and just kind of bringing that back. They could have done the whole show without even mentioning this disorder, but it puts kind of a ticking clock on the series and stuff but yeah it's supposed to be delivered with some level of gravitas and emotion and they got a stellar i love that character actor he's been in so many great things some some great movies he's wonderful he's really great but i don't care how great you are i never saw the stargazer tv show where you guys had that relationship (laughs) right never saw it never uh it's our first time seeing raffi uh i do like that actress is that michelle hurd is that I got the names right? Okay, good. I think she's good. The issues we've already discussed, notwithstanding, about jumping into the uh, characters. I like her. She doesn't have much to do in this first episode, but I like her. Uh, I like the character. I like her performance. Incidentally, for talking about the, you know, kind of the side stuff, I think I brought mentioned it up. There was an audio book that she did with Jerry Ryan, and they were both doing their characters. And it's I think it takes place between seasons one and two. Yeah, right. I think it's between seasons one and two. It's really good. It's totally worth... I mean, it was written as an audiobook, so it's totally worth um, whatever it was, a couple hours, I think. Two or three hours, maybe, if you like her performance and the character. I mean, do we think anything of... the? the there's the Commodore. There's... Uh, I put Vulcan in quotes next to the Commodore on that one. <laughs> <laughs> there's uh, Narek and... His handler, Rizzo? Yeah. Rizzo? Yeah, but that's her... Brother, sister. Fake Starfleet Shad Vaj name, whatever. Her undercover name, I should say. I feel like the first time I saw it... Now it seems so obvious because I've watched it before, but I feel like the first time I saw it, I didn't realize that that Commodore and Rizzo were Romulan. I feel like I didn't. I know now. I mean, I heard Narek's line about, you look funny with the rounded ears or something. Um, and I, I remember, I feel like there's another episode, one or two episodes later, where we see the Commodore and she's wearing sunglasses. And then I'm like, oh, she's, she's Romulan. I remember that. But here, I don't remember thinking it. I do. Brian, I, I kind of had the same feeling you did in the first episode about not caring about um, Dodge. You know, when she got, I kind of found myself in this episode. I didn't, didn't really care what was going on on the board cube. With was, Soji and Soji. Merrick. Merrick, mm-hmm. yeah. It wasn't that, even the first time, it wasn't that interesting. I thought it was kind of interesting. That very first scene when, not the first scene, but the, like the first scene when, not the, not the post-sexy time scene, but the scene when the other person, who I didn't remember at all, that girl that Soji isn't saying, oh, you just got here and helps her with her uniform. I didn't remember that person at all. So she must not be in the show anymore, I guess. I don't know. But that scene when he's, the Robin the dude is standing up there and telling them about the safety precautions and you're going to be on the artifact, blah, blah, blah. But that scene was, that scene, you know, it felt like we were just talking about before pre-show, we were talking about Star Trek, the experience. That felt like the, the scene at the beginning <laughs> of like the, the Borg 4D adventure or whatever. 
you know that's it felt like that sort of thing we're gonna walk you through i was like ah. Oh. <laughs> so i'm not saying that makes it good or anything but it made it kind of funny and fun to me. yeah i think that was done purposely i mean yeah i mean a little bit i'm not necessarily making a specific reference to the experience but just mm-hmm. that that sort of feeling of you know it's almost like a theme park but this is real, yeah. and you need to be careful around. You never know what node could assimilate you or whatever. You know the line. You know that, that Romulans like to be dramatic. That was a fun line. Uh, so we do learn that the Shadvaj hate androids, but we don't learn why. And at the end of the episode, Rizzo says, "Like, has the machine given up the location of its abominations?" There's a line that makes zero sense. Less than zero. It doesn't make. It makes less than zero sense because it's like. Even no matter how hard you try, you can't possibly know what she's talking about. So it just it just sounds like nonsense words the first time you see this. To me, and please tell me if I'm, and I'm sure we have listeners that are like, God, you're dumb. I got that the first time. I'm happy. If you got it, great for you. But it didn't work for me the first time. No, I get it. Again, it was a reveal that they gave away too quick because, I mean, but it just doesn't mean anything at this point. Yeah, I didn't yeah, understand. yeah exactly. It's just kind of thrown out there. Yeah, it you know, it's it's too soon to throw that out there. This is this is like what we've often we we'd cover discovery and the the I think to sum it up, the big problem is you have an over oversaturated plot stuff and not enough attention to characterization. So, and what you get is and, like. And what makes it, it particularly bad here is that this is the show where we want a character. Yeah, right? yeah, it's yeah. hard. We haven't seen him in two decades. Yeah. Yep. You yeah. Know? So, it, so yeah. It, it hurts. Ex, it hurts worse. It, yeah. So maybe some of this is my expectations, but sorry, there it is. Right. Right. No, I mean, it's that's the only way you can both feel sometimes be both confused, like it's going too fast, and bored. Yeah, I think that how that's happening is because you don't care about the characters that so much is happening too. And so it's, it's just like a, you're trying to keep up in your brain and you feel nothing. And that's, that's like the worst situation. Maybe some of this too is this show is much more palatable if you're binging it. I mean, if you're, if, if you're not thinking about this episode by itself, if it's just in the middle of episodes one and three, cause you're watching five episodes on a Saturday and five episodes on a Sunday, you know, it's probably fine. And it's probably doesn't matter that that line doesn't make any sense because you will remember it two hours later in episode four or five or three hours later in episode six or whatever. You don't remember it six weeks later. (laughs) Sorry, you don't, which is what happens when you release a show like this one episode at a time. And I've talked about this before. I, I, I think it's a mistake. I think that whether they release a show weekly or as a in batch you can binge it should be based on the content of the show and not marketing but that is 100 percent not how they work at all they don't care they have they have no interest if it's super serialized like this they don't care they they want to release this they wanted to release this show once a week period didn't matter what show they were making it was designed to be a netflix show and released all at once, and yeah. then, like you said, it was marketed as a um, you know episodic well, because show. they wanted to give your subscription to Paramount Plus for months on end. And I mean, I understand all that, and I guess if I was more patient, I would just wait. <laughs> but yeah, and that's I think that's why I was saying early on this <laughs> this episode it's it's kind of more like a, a filler episode in the in this in the series. So it would be like a chapter in a book where you know you get a few things you get all the you get a few things explained to you, but nothing really happens. That's, that's kind of this episode felt like to me. What is this episode about? I had a hard time with this episode trying to figure out exactly what it's about. I mean, one last day, you know, it's Picard, you know, he wanting to make right or save this girl um, so he can feel, you know, feel alive again. Did you say save the squirrel? Because that sounds like an interesting episode. <laughs> save the squirrel save the save the girl you know and and that's kind of a weak to me that's uh, I, I don't know that's just kind of me reaching and like i said this uh, to me like this, this episode had a lot of plot points but it didn't really to me it didn't really it doesn't really move the story at all it just it's an explainer episode yeah i'm not even going to try to come up with what this is about and it's not that doesn't make this like the worst episode of trek ever it's just that it's kind of the epitome of a we have to 
fill in this amount of plot and divide it by however many episodes we have in the season to make it work. And I just don't think they did a particularly good job here in putting the right pieces in the right episodes. And obviously we've talked plenty about the lack of characterization, building character and so forth too. So we don't care about it. So it's just kind of like a whole bunch of plot pieces stuck together in a puzzle. And it makes it a, as far as a cohesive episode and what you remember about it. I, I don't remember much anything about it. It's just, it's just a bunch of puzzle pieces. All right. Just to be clear, Steve said, this is worse than Spock's brain. That's what I heard. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Spock's brain. It's uh, it's got, that's got something, you know, some entertainment value. So I don't know. <laughs> All right, let's do Six Degrees for Maps and Legends. Uh, Adam? Isa Briones plays Soji Asha. She previously played Daj Asha, first seen in what episode of Picard? Uh, remembrance. Very good. Look at that. You each yeah. a point today. Awesome. It's amazing. <laughs> and it was a real Six Degrees question. It wasn't like, you know, because the newer shows, they've had to do a lot of uh, just more like trivia questions. But here you got a real Six Degrees character playing the uh, actor playing more than one character. <laughs> Well, I just want to bring home the seven. This is an episode that you could just by itself sit down and watch by itself. And I know there are a lot of episodes in Discovery and Picard, but I mean, even, this one in particular, I'm like, you you couldn't just watch this one by itself because it just wouldn't. It'd, it'd just be well, weird. you could, but um, yeah, do with it. All right. Um, so you guys each get a point tied it for the day. I don't think we had any Star Trek news, so we've kicked off Picard. And, uh, you know, the fact that, especially the first episode of Remembrance, I was able to enjoy more, just like all three of us said, does have me looking forward to watching this show in a way that maybe I wasn't exactly. So that's cool. And like I said, I don't think I should have to have read a book and watched the show before to be able to enjoy it. But that complaint aside, I think I'm going to be able to enjoy this more. But we're going to give you, our the listener, our honest opinions about it. And I don't think we were that harsh. If this is like the weakest of the newer Star Treks, I think we could have been a lot <laughs> harsher. I think we've been a lot harsher on Discovery at times. So, yeah. Well, hopefully, maybe it's coming. Even Voyager, even Voyager, a, a time or two. <laughs> yeah, Enterprise, Woman in the Night. I remember you had a long rant about Voyager somewhere towards the end. <laughs> <laughs> the last episode. <laughs> Sounds right. All right. So thank you so much for spending an hour with us. You can send us an email, trekcompanion at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle is at trekcompanion. We're going to be back in two weeks to discuss the next two episodes of Picard's first season. And until then, take it easy. Bye, guys. See ya. I passed it.